So this Advent season, I know many of you are guests, haven't been here for the month. Uh, don't worry, you'll catch up real quick. But we've been talking about the holy longing. We've been talking about this idea that the human heart, the human story, they're marked with desire. We all have longings, don't we? We all have this ache. Daryl basically preached my sermon. And we could just say amen and go home, but I'm not going to do that. But what a, what a beautiful reminder. We're seeking things. We have these longings. C.S. Lewis called it Zinzucht. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Zinzucht, this, this yearning, this desire, this old ache, this desire for our own far-off country. And so, so far this month, we've talked about our desires for assurance. The human heart longs for justice and righteousness. Last week, David talked about our desire for peace for shalom, for things to be as they ought to be. Tonight, I want to talk about one other longing, another ache. Again, I think that every human being has. I think at the core of our zinzukt is this absolute universal ache for love. We all want to be loved. How do I know that? I don't think you have to look very far. Love songs romance novels, Hallmark movies, rom-coms. Like if I had the time, I could give you bands and song titles and names and movie quotes ranging from The Notebook to The Fault in Our Stars, from Pride and Prejudice to Fifty First Dates, The Great Gatsby, Shakespeare in Love, The Eagles, John Legend, U2, The Backstreet Boys, Billie Eilish, Phineas, Kendrick Lamar, Winnie the Pooh, Emily Bronte, James Baldwin, and Dorothy Sayers all agree we have this ache. We want to be loved. The author Ron Rolheiser puts it this way. He says, there is within us a fundamental dis-ease, an unquenchable fire that renders us incapable in this life of ever coming to full peace. This desire lies at the center of our lives, in the marrow of our bones, in the deep recesses of the soul, at the heart of all great literature, poetry, art, philosophy, psychology, and religion lies the naming and analyzing of this desire. Spirituality is ultimately about what we do with that desire, what we do with our longings, both in terms of handling the pain and the hope they bring us. That is our spirituality. Augustine says, you have made us for yourself, Lord. And our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. So spirituality is about what we do with our unrest. So we have this longing for love. And you feel at this time of year, that longing for love is what brings us great joy in the holidays when we get to be with loved ones. It's also what brings so much ache in the holidays. And maybe you're feeling that even now. Reminders of people who have passed and used to be with you last holiday or marriages that no longer exist or breaks in the family line. This ache of loneliness when you feel like everyone else has someone but you. So this past month, we've, we've drawn from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah from his wisdom. We've talked about Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, Isaiah 11, Again, this is for those that haven't been here yet. I just want to get us caught up here. Next slide. 
Isaiah's been beautiful in that he's, he speaks honestly about our condition, but he weaves in this message of hope that in the midst of judgment that Israel was experiencing, there's a promised virgin son. In the midst of darkness, there's a coming ruler of justice and righteousness. Amidst the looming exile, there's a shoot from the root. And so we've been in early Isaiah these last three weeks. Tonight, we're going to jump all the way to Isaiah 40, which I know is, has a different theme and different focus and different feel than the earlier parts of Isaiah. In fact, it feels so different, it causes some people to think that they were two or three people who wrote Isaiah. But I want to read this to you. This is Isaiah chapter 40, 1 through 11. Here's what the prophet Isaiah declares. He says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass, the grass wither, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Man, there is so much. I could probably preach six sermons on this passage. Don't worry. Fifteen more minutes and I'm done. There's so much encouragement. There's so much good news in this. We could, verse 1, talk about comfort. That's how this passage begins. Comfort. Comfort my people. In Hebrew, it's plural. Comforts. Meaning there's enough comfort to go around for all. Comforts. But that's not what I want to focus on tonight. But maybe you need to hear that word tonight. Maybe you need to hear that there is comfort. Maybe in the ache. In the pain. In the disillusionment of life. God promises comfort to his people. But that's not the sermon I'm going to preach. Verse 2, we could talk about forgiveness. Because in verse 2, God announces that the warfare has ended, which is good news. That the hardship is over. And most dramatically, God announces through Isaiah that Jerusalem's iniquity, her sin, is pardoned. So the proclamation is of grace. The proclamation is of forgiveness, that their sin is pardoned. That is great news. Forgiveness is a game changer for those who sin. All of us. But that's not the sermon I want to preach tonight either. Next, 
We could talk about glory, verse 5. God's glory is being revealed. That's why in the picture there, there's a need for preparation. He talks about every valley being lifted up, the mountains being laid low, the crooked streets straight. The picture is this highway of a royal procession that the king is coming. So anything high gets brought low and anything low gets brought up and everything crooked gets made straight. So that the king, there's no barriers for the king to show up in a royal procession and appear before the people. That's the imagery that Isaiah uses. A royal appearing of God to the world. Glory. That's not the sermon I want to preach tonight either. Verse 6 through 8 talks about the word of the Lord, right? that people are like grass, and the grass withers, and the flowers fade. But God reminds us that his word doesn't, and what he says stands. And the word of the Lord endures forever. That's not the sermon I want to preach either, though I could. Here it is, verses 9, 10, 11. Verse 9, Isaiah is told to go up to a high mountain and he's to declare, O Zion, herald of good news, lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news, lift it up, fear not, say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Isaiah says, lift up your voice and shout it to the rooftop. Behold God, take a look and see, God is coming and I want you to see what he is like. Behold, here comes your king. Here comes your God. What would it be like if God shows up in the room? Should we duck? Should we run? Should we hide? Should we cower? Should we just run for the hills? Because God's showing up. What Isaiah sees and what Isaiah declares, I think is spectacular. Here's what he says, verse 10 and 11. He comes with might. His arm rules for him. His reward is with him. His recompense before him. But this God, when he shows up, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Behold, my friends, hear what Isaiah is saying. Behold, God is, get ready, God is coming. Take a look at what this God is like. And let me spell this out in terms of longing. And this may be an oversimplification, I'm sure. But I think this is at the essence of love. Here's what we want. We want to know if someone's coming. We want someone to hold us who is strong. And we want someone close. I believe that every human being longs for this. Ask these questions has these inner longings that we want to know. Is someone coming? We want someone to come who's strong, who will hold us. And we want someone to hold us close. Real quick, these three things. We want to know if someone's coming. I, I don't think I have to convince you that this world is a little bit messed up. Like, there's something wrong in the world today. Things aren't as they ought to be. Like, the idea that this world is progressing, like technology is just going to advance us into utopia, 
No, that, that's not what technology has done is that we have found new and creative ways to hurt each other. So our inner worlds are filled with fear, anxiety, and angst. Like all the stats show that depression on the rise, anxiety on the rise. Our inner worlds are filled with angst, and our outer worlds are filled with threats, lies, and disappointments. Which is why every movie is built around the idea that someone needs to come and rescue us from the problem that's at hand. So in a world of problems and pain and heartache, we want to know, is someone coming? (laughs) Is someone going to deal with this? Do Do I have to fend for myself? Who's going to make this thing right? Who's going to save the day? And Isaiah 40 says, someone's coming. And someone has come. The Lord God, this is Isaiah 40, verse 10. Behold, the Lord God comes. Some of you may have thought that God has forgotten about us or that he's too busy tending to problems somewhere else on the planet. May this Advent season remind you that the Lord God comes. Someone has come. His name is Jesus. And the deepest longings of your soul actually are met in him. Someone's coming. Someone has come. Someone is coming again. Also, Next slide. We want someone to hold us who is strong. Right? If, the, if there's a mess, if there's a problem, a threat, a difficulty, and then someone shows up and they're weak or frail or incompetent, that doesn't do us any good. Like, that's a no-win story. That's a bad movie. But listen to Isaiah. Someone is coming, and here's that someone again. I'm just going to keep repeating this until these verses sink in. Right, Daryl? This is, this is the stuff that keeps coming. The Lord God comes. Someone is coming, and here's what he's like. He's strong. He has might. This, the arm of the Lord is this theme throughout the Scripture that he is able to save. He's able to handle. He uses his strength. He is not a pushover. His reward, he says, is with him. He has resources. His recompense is before him. He's he's coming as as a king with the spoils of his victory in hand. But what does that strong God in might do when he shows up? Does he come and just squash people? No. Verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. And he picks up people like little lambs. Like maybe, maybe that picture of Gwen can be in your mind as she's wandering around the stage with her little lamb costume on. And the shepherd comes and picks up his lamb and holds in his... He has the strength. He has the might. He has the resources. And how does he use it? With tenderness. That longing for someone to hold you is a built-in desire for you toward God, from you toward God, that he would hold you. This verse reminds me of my younger days of parenting Logan when he was really, really little. My son, like when he was first learning to talk little, he would come up to Callie or he would come up to me and he would say, hold you me? Hold you me? 
and that one has stuck in our vernacular. There are times at the end of a long day that I walk up to Callie and say, hold you me? And I think there are probably some in the room tonight, if we could pass the microphone and hear honest stories of where you're at, there's desire to say to God, hold you me? Would you hold me? Like, I, just, I need someone who is able to handle this. Someone bigger than me, stronger than me, with the resources more than I have, just to hold me. And I'd pick up my son, and he would always tuck his arms in, and he would just snuggle in. Those kind of pictures are what Isaiah is getting at here. This tender shepherd who comes to gather lambs in his arms and the crook of his forearm forearm and on his shoulder. It's a really good picture of God. And then lastly, we want someone close. We want someone close. I know some of you want your bubble. You prefer not to have everyone up in your grill. There's a human longing for that tender closeness. And that's what's promised here, that he would pick up his sheep and he holds them in his bosom. Now again, if you keep reading Isaiah 40, this God is no pushover. (laughs) Isaiah 40, we're told that he measures the heavens in the hollow of his hand and the nations are like a drop in the bucket to him, that's verse 15, that he is the everlasting God who is the creator of all things, even the ends of the earth. That's verse 28. But my friends, would you hear this? Behold, love, behold God. He is mighty. He is coming. He is able to handle all that this world faces, and he will use his strength to hold you close. And when he holds you, he puts you in into that tender place. Have you ever been held so close that you can hear that person's heartbeat? Or maybe you're holding a baby and you hear their heartbeat. Remember, I can remember being a kid hearing my parents' heartbeat. Behold, Isaiah says, behold, he's coming. Shout it from the mountaintops. Behold your God. Who is this God who is the creator, the mighty one with an arm and resource? He is the one who comes to love you. Like the ache of love in your soul is met in him. And maybe tonight you feel the need to be gathered. Maybe tonight you feel cynical and scattered. Maybe you ache to be close and held. Maybe you need to hear the heartbeat of God. Maybe you need someone to treat you with gentleness and tenderness. Maybe you need someone to lead you with care. Isaiah says, behold. And it's the same God who took on flesh and dwelt among us. As we've seen so beautifully already tonight. Became a baby. That's the irony of the incarnation is that Mary then holds this little one who would and has held her. And all through our lives, Daryl preached this beautifully already when he lit the candle, we search to find someone or something to fill that love. And we think if we have a boyfriend, if we have a girlfriend, if we 
identify a particular way or if we get married or if we have kids or if we have lots of sex or if we proclaim our sexual freedom, we end up looking for love in all the wrong places. Jesus is the love that we long for. He is the intimacy that we crave. And my friends, the good news of Isaiah still rings out through the centuries. His offer still stands. His offer is here tonight to you. Someone's coming. (laughs) Behold, someone is coming to deal with us and to deal with this. And his name is Jesus. He's come to hold us, redeem us, rescue us, comfort us, forgive us, renew us, and bring us close to himself. He is strong, not weak, but he uses his strength to love us well. And his invitation, again, is for you to trust, to believe, to follow him by faith. That you may know the one who's put that ache in you because you're made for him. Would you know his love again tonight? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this evening. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the reminder. The reminder of your offer for love. And it may look in different ways for different people, but at the heart of it, we do have that ache for you. So we thank you for your coming. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for you picking us up. And may you hold us again tonight. Because, Lord, we need that. We don't have enough in ourselves. We need you. So Lord, I pray amidst the many in the room tonight, maybe there's doubt, maybe there's fear, maybe there's still questions. May they sense your invitation again to turn and follow you, to know you, to receive love from you tonight. We pray this in the name of Jesus.